Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I'll be on Hannity TV tonight on Fox, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Football game looks pretty weak, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Tampa and Carolina. And the Democrat debate will be almost over. The highlights will be provided tomorrow again. Why bother? Now, the Democrat Party is turning the House of Representatives into an arm of the Democratic National Committee, into its 2020 taxpayer-financed Democratic Party campaign. And it's being led by a couple of chairmen of a couple of these little Politburo's they call committees. Elijah Cummings, Adam Schiff, and of course... Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler is being challenged by an AOC-type candidate in the Democrat primary, and he's scared to death, and so this is what he does. Now, the way an impeachment proceeding is supposed to work, ladies and gentlemen, and keep this in mind, is that impeachment is so serious that it's supposed to involve the broader body politic, House of Representatives, in toto, not a committee of the House of Representatives, conducting a so-called impeachment inquiry, impeachment investigation, an impeachment probe. They've used all these words. It's one committee that voted today by a simple majority, all Democrats, yes, all Republicans, no. The way it's supposed to work is there is a formal vote for impeachment proceedings. Not the impeachment of the president, but proceedings. Authorizing the House Judiciary Committee, the entire House of Representatives, authorizing the House Judiciary Committee to conduct its investigation. That did not happen. So the very people who claim to care about the Constitution could care less about tradition, precedent, and process. In addition to being nothing more than a taxpayer-financed Democrat Party campaign for 2020 effort, it's an intimidation effort. So under the auspices or rubric, if you will, of impeachment proceedings or hearings, they will claim that they can issue any subpoena and enforce any subpoena. They will claim that they can call any witness and hold any witness in contempt who doesn't present him or herself to the committee. And they will claim that they have a right to every document they want, every document they seek. 
That's what they will claim. In any event, let's take a look at what was said today, because most of you were working. And this is the Democrat Party that has hijacked the House of Representatives, perverted the impeachment process, and is using your taxpayer dollars to burden the president, to undermine his administration, and to advance their political agenda. That's all it is. Here's Nadler. Cut to go. This committee is engaged in an investigation that will allow us to determine whether to recommend articles of Sounds like he's slurring his speech, by the way, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Maybe his dentures are loose. I don't know. Maybe that's not water he's drinking. I don't know. Go ahead. Respect to President Trump. That is what we are doing. Some call this process an impeachment inquiry. Some call it an impeachment investigation. There's no legal difference between these terms, and I no longer care to argue about the nomenclature. What a moron. Who's arguing about the nomenclature? We're arguing about you as a rogue chairman abusing the process. You and the other hacks on your extremely radical committee. He goes on. Cut three. Go. But but let me clear up any remaining doubt. Conduct under investigation. No remaining doubt. You're a hack. At least half the country knows you're a hack. You're you're conducting a spectacle. That's what you're doing on our tax dollars. On our tax dollars. You don't have enough time to uh, to help us secure the board. You have no interest in the first half. The first half of what the Obama administration did to the Trump campaign and the Trump presidency, no interest whatsoever, no hearings. No hearings on the Inspector General's initial reports. No hearings on McFraud, who's about to get indicted, apparently. We'll get to that later. Not interested in any of that. Go ahead. But that, but that, let me By the way, uh, can, I, can I stop one second? I'm watching this. Mr. President, would you please stop smearing John Bolton with the, tweeter, with the tweets? Please. It's unnecessary. He's a great patriot. He served you very well. You parted ways. You didn't want him anymore, and he didn't want to be there anymore. That's fine. And I consider the president a friend. But that's enough already. I mean, as far as I know, Bolton hasn't said anything. He's a good guy. He's a patriot. He's been a patriot. When he served at the U.N., when he served in the Reagan administration at the Justice Department, which is how I came to know, please cut it out. Sometimes the people in the administration, he, the Secretary of State, this Mnuchin, who I don't like, and others, talk more highly of the uh, genocidal murder in North Korea than they do of Bolton. Just cut it out. There's no point to this. Anyway, go ahead. But, that, but that, let me clear up any remaining doubt. I told you, he's slurring his speech. Let me... Go ahead. Under investigation poses a threat to our democracy. We have an obligation to respond to this threat. We are doing oh, so. it's a threat to our democracy, ladies and gentlemen. The fact that Donald Trump is president. What an idiot. What a complete buffoon. President has been investigated more than anybody. His finances, his private life, his family, his businesses, 
investigated, investigated, and investigated again. Bipartisan prosecutors. Bipartisan senior FBI officials. You have to wonder how the hell he won the presidency in the first place, don't you? And then Dr. Robert Epstein, where he spent an hour with me on Life, Liberty, and Levin, what Google was up to. Anyway, go ahead. Under the procedures outlined in this resolution, we, ho- we will hold hearings that allow us to further consider the evidence against the president. We will also allow the president... Now, now, did you hear that? Evidence against the president. Go ahead. In writing and on the record, no matter how we may disagree with him, President Trump is entitled to respond to the evidence in this way. Oh, this is, this is fascinating. Ladies and gentlemen... Do they think they're conducting another criminal investigation? Is that what they're doing? Go ahead. Certain sensitive evidence, such as grand jury information, is being received in executive session. Under these procedures... Now, by the way, they don't just get grand jury information. They shouldn't get any grand jury information. That's a separation of powers issue. I hope the executive branch will fight them. You don't get to just have a bunch of 21, 24 Democrats on a party-line vote in the House Judiciary Committee to vote and say, you know, we're going to conduct an impeachment hearing. Investigation, probe. We're not going to debate the words anymore. And then say, and by the way, we want all the grand jury information. We want all this. Uh, Excuse me. You don't get the grand jury information. Well, it's an impeachment. No, ladies and gentlemen, this is a defective impeachment proceeding. The House has not voted. And I certainly hope they're listening to me over at the United States Department of Justice and in the president's counsel's office and the president's private lawyers and among others. You don't have to put up with this just because these clowns put a label on something. Fight them and fight them in the courts. Use their own tactics against them. Go ahead. And consider as much evidence we are, as we are able to gather. We will then decide. Can, can you imagine these clowns sitting as a jury? We're going to look at the evidence. They've already, this fool has already said, you know, the president's committed this crime, that crime, this crime. Really? Has the president been charged with anything? That's what Nadler already said. Now they're going to look at the evidence. Well, wait a minute. I thought you already said he's a criminal in 14 different ways. No, no, no. We did, but now we're going to look at the evidence. This is a kangaroo phony court. That's what it is. These are politicians. Some of them are the most left-wing kooks that you can imagine. They don't represent the American people. That's why this is a farce, a sham. That's why you don't just do this in a committee setting. Go ahead. To refer articles of impeachment to the House floor. We have a constitutional, historical, and moral obligation. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't, dummy. You don't have any obligation to be doing this the shame, the spectacle. More when I return. Mark Lovin. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. 
rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. All right, let's hear what the uh, ranking Republican on the House Judiciary Committee had to say on this vote. Doug Collins of Georgia. Cut four, go. Judiciary Committee has become a giant Instagram filter. To make you appear that something's happening that's not. It's a really interesting, and I hope he'll, he'll come back at this. The difference between formal impeachment proceedings and what we're doing today is a world apart, no matter what the chairman just said. And what we're looking at here is a filter to make you believe something. It's great, though, because I, I love this. I've not seen this much press up at 8 o'clock in the morning in a long time. When we look at this, though, let's look at the facts. Nothing we have here is anything that could not have been handled five minutes before hearing of any time that we have. The filter may think make you think something's happening, but really what we have is a walk down the yellow brick road. Yeah, because this is not the way a formal impeachment proceeding is to occur, for the reasons I stated. Cut five, go. This is, I go back to my very first statement of my Snapchat filter. You're, you're using your Snapchat filter here. You went basically to say that, the what now? Instagram. Instagram, Snapchat. Stay on, man. Yeah, I, I missed it. Turn it. I mean, we're so, we're so in fantasy land here, nobody knows what's going on. I think, well, this is the problem. You just went back to what we said. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, it doesn't matter. We're not in an impeachment inquiry. It doesn't matter what we're doing here. This is what, I don't care if you, I mean, here's my problem. The chairman could do this at any time. The chairman could do this at any time. He just don't do it because he wants the appearance of something that it's not. And he just gave the answer to the gentleman from Colorado saying that we did this in an impeachment inquiry. You're not in an impeachment inquiry. And so you can continue to call it whatever you want. I think just be honest. And what we're looking at is saying, let's just talk about what is here and what is not here. With that, I yield back. Matt Gates, who's uh, really one of the sharpest, he was at the hearing today. Of course, he's on this committee. Cut six, go. I don't know quite what to call this. The chairman mentioned that he wouldn't be spe- wouldn't be debating the lexicon as to whether or not this was an impeachment inquiry or an impeachment investigation. I've called it impeachment in drag because we've sort of dressed up impeachment like an oversight hearing. Perhaps it's low T impeachment or low energy impeachment. Uh, but I would suggest that perhaps or I would I would hope at least 
that these proceedings are not more about the chairman's upcoming primary challenge than about the important work mm-hmm. of the committee and about mm-hmm. the country. Because if we look at... Oh, we they're moaning and groaning, and he's telling the truth. When you hear them moan and groan, it's not just because they're constipated. It's because guys like this are telling the truth. Go ahead. All you want, because, I mean, look, we've, we've got circumstances here where you guys can't move the country, right? You don't have any support for this endeavor, and so we kind of lurch along with, you know, it's like a Seinfeld hearing. It's a hearing about nothing. It's a hearing about whether or not when we have people come and give testimony afterwards, the president can write us a, a, a letter in response. This is more about defining our pen pal strategy <laughs> than defining any sort of legitimate investigation. That's a great point. Nancy Stretch Pelosi, she doesn't know what to do. There aren't the votes in the House of Representatives to conduct a formal impeachment inquiry. She has a new crop of frauds and phonies who got elected in Republican districts pretending to be centrists and moderates. And she doesn't want to expose their phoniness. She wants to hold on to her majority because she's first and foremost power hungry. What does she think about all this? Cut seven, go. If I may, is the specific language not important? I mean, how should the American people understand the American the work people of this understand when speaking very differently about it? It's not, uh, you're the only ones who are uh, sowing this. Uh, That's not true, ma'am. It, it, it isn't true. The, uh, look, I travel the entire country. Uh, come with me sometime, and you'll hear what the American people are saying. They understand. That, that impeachment is a very divisive measure. But if we have to go there, we'll have to go there. But we can't go there unless we have the facts. And we will follow the facts. And we will follow the uh, obstruction that the president is making up. Aside, getting the no, I don't, well, no, we'll follow the facts. She just accused him of obstruction. Did she not, Mr. Producer? This is what I mean. This is such a farce. They must have got these procedures from the old Stalinist showbook. Go ahead. Make our decision when we're ready. That's the only question. That's all I'm going to say about this subject. And there's nothing different from one day to the next. We're still on our same path. That's it. I'm not discussing it anymore. That's it. No more. No, no, no. One more. Cut eight. Go. Are you uncomfortable with the term impeachment inquiry? Is there another term we should be using? I'm not. I... <laughs> Thank you all very much. We are on our path. Where it takes us is where we will follow the facts. That's what it is. Why don't we spend some time going over to see Mitch McConnell and asking him why he doesn't want to save lives? I'll tell you why, Nancy. May I call you Nancy? Because you guys created this spectacle. Because you can't put down the radical kooks within your party. That's why people are focused on this. You can't have it both ways. Promoting this phony impeachment process and then claiming why is everybody focused on that after your chairman just held a press conference. I'll be right back.
The good, the true, the beautiful. Think about those concepts for a second. What do they mean? How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? It starts with the right kind of education. This kind of education used to be common, but it's become increasingly rare. It used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively a variety of subjects from philosophy to politics to biology, a core curriculum, in other words. Sadly, that's not the case these days. But I can tell you about one place where young people study like this, Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core, the core that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more about what education is meant to be at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's another matter that needs your attention, at least I think it does. That's Andrew McFraud, a.k.a. McCabe. Looks like he's going to be charged and prosecuted. And this is from Fox News. U.S. Attorney Jesse Liu has recommended moving forward with charges against CNN contributor Andrew McCabe. That's right, CNN contributor Andrew McCabe. As the Justice Department rejects a last-ditch appeal from the former top FBI official. Now think about that. Think about how corrupt the senior levels of the FBI have been. Two massively critical Inspector General reports against Comey. And McCabe has been under criminal investigation. Now it appears he may well be charged. As I said, McCabe, the former deputy and acting director of the FBI, appealed the decision of the U.S. Attorney for Washington all the way up to Jeffrey Rosen, the deputy attorney general, but he rejected that request, according to a person familiar with the situation. Now, the potential charges relate to Justice Department Inspector General findings against him regarding misleading statements concerning a Hillary Clinton-related investigation. I want you to ask yourself a question. Why did CNN hire this guy? Why did CNN hire this guy? They knew he was under investigation. This is, by the way, a rhetorical point. A source close to McCabe's legal team, that would be his lawyer, said they received an email from the Department of Justice which said, quote, the department rejected your appeal of the United States Attorney's Office's decision in this matter. Any further inquiry should be directed to the United States Attorney's Office. McCabe spent 21 years with the FBI, became the acting director in May 2017 after President Trump fired the former director, James Comey. Last month, the source close to the process told Fox News that McCabe had a target on his back because of Justice Department Inspector General findings. It's not a target on your back. It's not a target at all. The guy did something he wasn't supposed to do. He leaked. And then he lied about it during the course of an investigation. Now, they set up retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, a great patriot. They set him up. I mean, really set him up on the false statements charge. This guy wasn't set up, this McCabe. He was part of the mob over there. 
Then Attorney General Jeff Sessions fired McCabe in March 2018 after the Inspector General found he repeatedly misstated his involvement in a leak to the Wall Street Journal regarding an FBI investigation into the Clinton Foundation. The IG report faulted McCabe for leaking information to then Wall Street Journal reported Devlin Barrett for an October 30, 2016 story titled FBI and Internal Feud Over Hillary Clinton Probe. The story, written just days before the presidential election, focused on the FBI announcing the reopening of the Clinton investigation after finding thousands of her emails on a laptop belonging to former Democratic Representative Anthony Weiner, who was married to Clinton aide Huma Abedin. You know, Mr. Producer, that Weiner was never a stand-up guy, was he? I mean, he was impotent of any moral values as far as I'm concerned. He really was. Now, the journal's account of the call said a senior Justice Department official expressed displeasure to McCabe that FBI um, agents were still looking into the Clinton Foundation, and that McCabe had defended the agent's authority to pursue the issue. Malik confirmed the existence of the probe, the report said, which Comey had up to that point refused to do. The report said that McCabe lacked candor in a conversation with Comey when he said, so this is a den of thieves, you see. A den of thieves. Well, let's go on. So McCabe has been all over TV. He's been a Democrat events for fundraising. He's been hired by CNN as a commentator. He wrote a book, made money from a book. Unbelievable. But Jeffrey Tubin over at CNN, who's a reprobate, well-known reprobate, Google his name, do some research, you'll see what I mean. He's a legal analyst who all through the, through the so-called Russia collusion scandal revealed himself to be a complete schmo, an idiot. Connecting dots that don't even exist. Here's what he had to say in defense of his colleague at CNN, apparently the soon-to-be-indicted Andrew McCabe. Cut 14, go. Let me just emphasize the point you, you started with. Uh, Andy McCabe is a CNN Oh, excuse me. Andy McCabe. It's Andy McCabe now. He's a CNN contributor. It's incredible. Go ahead colleague and a friend to many of us who work here he's here recently but so I mean, let's just people... stop there this is supposed to be a news organization right mccabe was trying to undermine the candidacy of donald trump the transition of donald trump and the presidency of donald trump but they're friends you see over there cnn they're all friends uh colleagues andy over there this is more evidence of the relationship of the relationship between the, the Democrats and the media. Go ahead. To you know, factor that into mm-hmm. what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. This is an extremely unusual prosecution. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy McCade had the right to speak to reporters. That, that is beyond dispute. As deputy director of the FBI. No, 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 no. He didn't have a right to leak, even against Comey's wishes. 
If he wanted to speak, he should have spoke on the record, but he didn't. He's a coward, just like Comey, through his uh, law school buddy, law professor buddy. But even more, he deceived investigators who were trying to get to the bottom of this. But see, Jeffrey Tubin has no problem with that. Jeffrey Tubin has no problem with that whatsoever. Which is why he works at CNN, which hired McCabe. Go ahead. He, he had the right to speak to reporters. He also has an impeccable record as one of the most honored and successful FBI agents of his yeah, generation. You know, yeah, you know, but apparently uh, Trump put him over the edge. He was not going to tolerate the Trump presidency. And notice this so-called legal analyst doesn't talk about all the scheming on the 25th Amendment with the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. None of that. Nothing about his wife and that relationship with, uh, with the governor of Virginia. None of that. In terms of uh, nothing prurient, in terms of donations and so forth. Go ahead. Shimon did a very admirable job of explaining <laughs> what went on. It's complicated. It is complicated. I mean, it, it is, is really difficult to understand. No, Even- it's not difficult to understand in the least. This, this, this is a news organization. I, I predict, and I'm not in the prediction, but let me try one that CNN will not exist as it currently does after Trump leaves the presidency. Maybe it'll be another cooking channel or, uh, you know, uh, one of those channels where they make knives and hatchets. Maybe HGTV will pick it up cheap. You never know. Go ahead. Is here the alleged lie? The alleged lie is, well, you have the right to speak The alleged to the... lie. Isn't that funny? You know, Trump's a criminal. Trump's a white supremacist. Trump's a racist. He's an anti-Semite. He's Hitler. He's Stalin. He's Mussolini. He's a dictator. But the alleged lie, alleged, we need to be careful over there at CNN when it comes to our good friend and colleague, a highly respected former FBI deputy director. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And you spoke to the reporters. Months later... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Why am I wasting time? You're monotonous as you uh, go on and on and on. Legal analyst, my you-know-what. Legal analyst. Legal analyst. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Aren't they spelled the same way? I think they mean the same thing. No offense. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S 
www.hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. That Jeffrey Tubin is an analyst, as a matter of fact. That's the Sephardic pronunciation, Mr. Producer. Are you aware of that? Well, you're Irish Catholic. Excuse me, you're Italian Catholic. You wouldn't know. See, I know these things. Sirius, Gary, in Georgia, go. Hey, Mark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Well, my, it's a pleasure. Well, thank you, sir. My. My original call was to urge the president to ignore the Judiciary Committee. It is unconstitutional. You are absolutely right. You cannot begin impeachment with a small committee. In the meantime, you started the McCabe thing. Uh, Just a little background on me very quickly. I just retired after almost 38 years in law enforcement in a major city in the South. I worked my way up to chief of police. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. I I hate it when people say, well, I support the rank and file of the FBI. Let me tell you something. McCabe didn't make it to where he was at without coming through the rank and file. What's been happening, and by the way, I graduated from the FBI National Academy, which is a very difficult thing to get into as as a local law enforcement officer. I love a lot of the FBI agents I've met. Some of the special agents in charge, the SACs, were really great people. But this place has been politicized for almost 40 years, and it's time to stop. Well, I, listen, i got to slow down a little bit. I know a lot of FBI agents, too. And they're disgusted by what's taking place. <clears throat> so we don't know all of them. And any more than I would talk about the department you ran or the department there, I there's no way that I would— uh, take a broad brush and, and slam every FBI. There's no way I'm going to do that because uh, I just don't accept it. Uh, if I did, then I would oppose the FBI. You know, I'd say shut down the FBI the way the left says shut down ICE. No, sir. I'm not advocating that. I have known some fabulous ones. A lot of them are some of my best but friends. But what are you saying? What I'm saying is a, a, a lot of my friends took early retirements in the last 12 years because of what they saw was going on, but they wouldn't talk about it. They're unlike some of these, these folks. But you're on a national show. What are we to take from this? Your what friends who retired wouldn't talk about it, but you're saying more than just the top level, the FBI has been politicized. So what evidence do we have for that? I don't. Well, the only evidence I can give you is the fact that you don't make it to their level without coming up. And I'm not saying the rank and file. Because okay, but, but you can say that about any organization, the Boy Scouts, the military, the FBI, your police department, whatever. People come through, and they come through, and they get to the top. But when they're at the top, they, they, they become much more political. They have to make bigger and bigger and bigger decisions. And so they may perhaps that's where they reveal themselves. I have no idea. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Terry, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying I, I can't participate in in broadly attacking a law enforcement agency or questioning them because people are taking early retirement and not saying why. Maybe their boss sucked. could be that simple. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Terry, XM Satellite, go, please. Terry, uh, this is Terry, and thanks for taking my call. I just you wanted to it. let you know how much I enjoyed your book. I just, oh. finished, on, just on, finished on Freedom of the Press, and it was 
very articulate. Uh, you took, showed me a lot of things I didn't know because World War II was a little bit before my time. Okay, it was a lot mm-hmm. bit before my time. But <laughs> what I'm finding so frustrating is that there's no place to get facts anymore. I can't make an informed decision on anything. But I think you can. And here's why. There are more choices now than ever before. You know, there used to be the three big networks, then there used to be the three big networks and a few cable channels. I find it interesting people attack the Internet all the time. They're very, very nasty people on the Internet, nasty websites. you got the scum of the earth on the Internet. But you also have brilliant people on the Internet, journalists, citizen journalists, excellent websites. So you need to be discerning. There's a way to get a lot of information. When I want to get foreign policy information, I certainly don't look at CNN. I barely look at anything that's, uh, that's local or even national in this country. I go and look overseas at what they're saying and what they're reporting. So it's part of the information that I process in my noggin. And so there are ways to get information now, I'm just being honest, that, that are multifold and, and much different than in the past. Well, that's what I need, is I need to know where, where do I find... But you don't, you don't need... Here's the thing. You don't need people to tell you. Go on, spend a few hours every day looking, and see. You'll be able to figure out what's liberal, what's partisan, what's not, what is, just by what they say and how they say it, particularly now that you've read on Freedom of the Press, you know? You know all their tricks and you know all their tactics. In terms of uh, pseudo-events and propaganda and all the rest of it that's in the book, you are armed now to be your own citizen and to gather your own information and draw your own conclusions. And I want to thank you for getting the book, too, Terry. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, All right. Let's take this one head on. Big headline story today in Politico was, you know, as a left-wing website. Israel accused of planting mysterious spy devices near the White House. Now, those of you who've read on Freedom of the Press and the rest of you listening to the program, let's see if we can figure this out. What's going on here with the reporter, Daniel Lipman? You're going to be able to figure this out if you've read the book and if you listen to the show in the first sentence, which is a run-on sentence. It's the first paragraph. Ready? The U.S. government concluded within the past two years that Israel was most likely behind the placement of cell phone surveillance devices that were found near the White House and other sensitive locations around Washington, according to three former senior U.S. officials with knowledge of the matter. Did you pick it up? According to whom? Three former senior U.S. officials with knowledge of the matter. Not three current senior U.S. officials. Three former senior U.S. officials. Was not the former administration 
anti-Israel? Was not the former administration trying to depose duly elected prime minister of the state of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu? Is he not up for re-election in five days in an extremely close race? Would they like nothing better than to create a controversy between President Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu? These are three former senior officials, either in federal law enforcement or federal intelligence agencies, perhaps the White House, who are feeding this information to one of their favorite liberal so-called news outlets. Goes on. But unlike most other occasions when flagrant incidents of foreign spying have been discovered on American soil, the Trump administration did not rebuke the Israeli government and there were no consequences for Israel's behavior. One of the former officials said. One of the former officials said. Do you think this president, President Trump, would be silent if an ally have been spying around the White House. Now you will watch the Code Pink Republicans on TV, in columns, in the Senate, you know who, seize on this. Seize on this. Because they despise our little ally Israel. But the news story, quote-unquote, from the news site, quote-unquote, Politico, continues. The miniature surveillance devices, colloquially known as stingrays, mimic regular cell towers to fool cell phones into giving them their locations and identity information. Formerly called International Mobile Subscriber Identity Catchers, or IMSI Catchers, they also can capture the contents of calls and data use. So all this information is being leaked to Politico to create this narrative. Now listen to this line. See, if you're a sucker and you don't know how this works, you're pulled right in. Or if you hate Israel, you're pulled right in. Because you want to believe. But listen to this line. The devices were likely intended to spy on President Donald Trump. One of the former officials said, as well as his top aides and closest associates, though it's not clear whether the Israeli efforts were successful. So there's the effort with the disinformation campaign. The same kind of attitude that was used to try and take out candidate Trump and now President Trump. There it is. It was likely intended to spy on President Donald Trump. They have no evidence of any of that. But it's put out there to get Trump's attention, you see. Trump is reputed to be lax in observing White House security protocols. This is how you know these are Obama holdovers and so forth. Politico reported in May 2018 that the president often used an insufficiently secured cell phone to communicate with friends and confidants. The New York Times subsequently reported in October 2018 that Chinese spies are often listening to Trump's cell phone calls, prompting the president to slam the story as so incorrect I don't have time to correct it. By then... As part of tests by the federal government, officials at the Department of Homeland Security had already discovered evidence of their surveillance devices around the nation's capital, but weren't able to attribute the devices to specific entities. But the officials shared their findings with relevant federal agencies, according to a letter 
to top Department of Homeland Security official Christopher Krebs, wrote in May 2018 to Senator Ron Wyden. You see how the circle of circle leftists goes? Three former senior officials, one of the former officials, now we have Senator Ron Wyden. Based on a detailed forensic analysis, the FBI and other agencies working on the case felt confident that Israeli agents had placed the devices, according to the former officials, several of whom served in top intelligence and national security posts. I'm telling you, once you understand how the media work, it's really quite simple. Once you've read on freedom of the press or listened to this, it's really quite simple. This is a planted story intended to destroy the alliance between the United States and Israel, the alliance between Trump and Netanyahu, and to disrupt and defeat Netanyahu, which they'll view as a defeat for Donald Trump. That's what's going on here. It's blatant. This is how I knew two and a half years ago, long before I wrote on Freedom of the Press, but organized my thoughts for that book, about the surveillance that was going on against the Trump campaign and the FISA court and all the rest. You just put the pieces together, which you're now what should be able to do. That analysis, one of the former officials said, is typically led by the FBI's counterintelligence division and involves examining the devices so they tell you a little bit about their history, where the parts and pieces come from, how old they are, who had access to them, and that will help get you to what the origins are. For these types of investigations, the Bureau often leans on the National Security Agency, sometimes the CIA. It was pretty clear that the Israelis were responsible, said a former senior intelligence official. An Israeli embassy spokesperson, Elad Strohmeyer, denied the Israel placed the devices and said, these allegations are absolute nonsense. Israel doesn't conduct espionage operations in the United States. Period. A senior Trump administration official said the administration doesn't comment on matters related to security or intelligence. The FBI declined to comment. DHS and the Secret Service didn't respond. Yeah, they're all blowing off the story. Now, what did Benjamin Netanyahu have to say about this? Let's go to cut one, Mr. Producer. Go. Absolutely not. We have a directive. I have a directive. No intelligence collection in the United States. No sign. And it's rigorously enforced without any exceptions. It's complete, it's complete fabrication. But it's a setup. But former officials, these former Obama officials, with deep experience dealing with intelligence matters, scoff at the Israeli claim. Pro forma denial Israeli officials are also known to make in private the skeptical U.S. counterparts. Look at this smearing. It's quite incredible. It's based on no evidence. One former senior intelligence official, they don't have a single current intelligence official, not one. It's the same cabal of three. Noted that the FBI and other agencies concluded the Israelis were most likely responsible for the devices. The Trump administration took no action to punish or even privately scold the Israeli government. They were most likely, most likely. Now listen to this quote again. 
You're now detectives. Quote, the reaction was very different than it would have been in the last administration, this person said. See what I mean, Mr. Producer? With the current administration, there are a different set of calculations in regard to addressing this. The former senior intelligence official criticized how the administration handled the matter, remarking on the striking difference from past administrations, which likely would have at a very minimum issued a, 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 an admonishment, a formal diplomatic reprimand to the foreign government condemning its actions. I'm not aware of any accountability at all, said the former official. Pretty incredible. Another circle of surveillance targets includes people who regularly talk to Trump's friends and informal advisors. Information obtained from any of these people would be so valuable in a town that is like three degrees of separation, like Kevin Bacon. Isn't it six degrees, Mr. Producer? Okay, but listen to how this is progressing, this story. Listen to how this is progressing. The Israelis are pretty aggressive in their intelligence-gathering operations, said a former senior intelligence official. They're all about protecting the security of the Israeli state, and they do whatever they feel they have to do to achieve that objective. And it goes on and on and on in this vein, ladies and gentlemen. This is the anti-Semitism of the former administration, the Obama administration. This is their hate for Netanyahu, who publicly opposed the Iran deal, went to Congress, fought the Iran deal. And ironically, it was the Obama administration that surveilled Netanyahu, his ambassador, Ron Dermer, other Israelis in this country, as well as members of Congress. That's what Brennan did. That's what Clapper did. And I suspect they or people in their circle are the ones putting this information out through Politico. And shame on Politico for being a mouthpiece like this. Shame on Politico. An absolute disgusting disgrace. The goal is to defeat Benjamin Netanyahu. To damage the alliance between their government and our government. And to create skepticism with our president about that country. But it's the same operatives, senior, former Obama officials who tried to take out our candidate and our president, who tried to take out Netanyahu a few rounds ago, and are trying to take him out again. That's Politico, a disgusting joke of a news site, which breeds so-called journalists for the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day. Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. 
Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. By the way, I suspect suspect individuals in Ben Rhodes' circle, if not him, individuals in Susan Rice's circle, those kind of people. I suspect they were involved, or surrogates of the same mindset. Just my guess, but I'm right. Now, here's the President of the United States. Let me pull this up here. Trump says he does not believe Israel spying on the U.S. See, he's not buying these leaks either. And I suspect he has real intelligence, up-to-date intelligence, saying, no, that's not the case. This is Reuters. U.S. President Donald Trump has said he doesn't believe the allegations that Israel reportedly spy on the U.S. Politico reported the miniature, miniature surveillance devices, colloquially known as, so they repeat it. Trump dismisses it. They don't need to spy on the United States. It's the Palestinians who need to spy on the United States. It's the Iranians who need to spy on the United States. But you're going to see a pattern here. The propagandists in America, in the media, and on Capitol Hill, for the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, that's killed hundreds and hundreds of Americans, wants to kill millions with ICBMs with nuclear warheads, The same mouthpieces for them, the same mouthpieces for Hamas in the media like the New York Times, Politico, individuals on Capitol Hill, so forth. You're going to see them push this story. You're going to see them, even though the president has access to all up-to-date intelligence and would be furious if this was true, said, nah, I don't believe it. And these are three prior senior officials. They'll, they'll grasp it. They'll grab onto it. That's what they'll do. Desperate to take out Netanyahu. You need to understand, so you do, but let me just say this. The leftists in Israel, the leftists in Europe, the leftists in America, they're all the same. They all hate Western civilization. They all hate natural law, natural rights, unalienable rights. They hate we, the plebes, you know. People who just make their own way. They have grand designs for their societies. As I say, whether it's Israel, the hard left there, what do they want to do? They want to give up their national security with uh, organizations that fire missiles into their country and give millions of dollars in subsidies to terrorists. Well, what do they want to do in our country? They hate our Constitution. They hate the Declaration. They say we're founded on slavery. We have wide-open borders, which change the nature and the culture of the country when you don't have assimilation. By the way, it's not me. There was another report. It was linked on the Drudge Report, another news organization saying, hey, guess what, folks? It's really cool. 96% of the counties in America have less white people than they did, uh, you know, before. 
which really has an effect on the diversity and demographics of the country going forward. Well, this is some news operator. We see this all the time. Hey, guess what? In 2044, in America, the collection of minorities will be the majority. I think the last one I read in the media was 40% of the population will be white. And I'm thinking about why are they celebrating? Why are they cheering this? What is the point of this? What is the point of this? And I have to figure the point of this is the left, hard-wing, radical progressives think that means that they'll vote Democrat, that they'll help them destroy the Constitution and the Declaration and the society we have in capitalism. Otherwise, why are they celebrating this and cheering it? I can assure you, if they felt the opposite, that it would strengthen the Constitution, capitalism, the Declaration, individualism, that they would hate it, right? Again, you have to understand, and you do, how to read the media and what they say and what they do. They're writing this stuff. They're monitoring race. And they can't wait. We can't wait for 2044. Why? What's going to happen? Well, whites are going to be in the minority, and minorities are going to be in the majority. Yay! I mean, what? And the effect on the demographics and the effect on the politics... They believe and they see. Red states going purple, purple states going blue. So they're thrilled with this. This is why the Democrats support it. But you're not allowed to talk about it. Even though they write about it, even though they link to it, even though they say it over and over again, you just have to read it, scratch your head, and move on. Uh, Sorry, I'm not. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Mark LEVIN, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. In a world that has lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, and American history, who is defending you in Washington, D.C.? Who speaks for conservatives? I mean, other than me. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. That's who. AMAC gives its members valuable everyday benefits while boldly defending America's priceless constitution, sacred history, individual liberties, and basic moral compass. AMAC fights for border and national security, freedom of speech and religion, and values articulated by President Reagan, President Trump, strong defense, secure border, limited government, lower taxes, and so forth. But it's hard to believe we're here, but we are. 
and AMAC is dedicated to remembering past sacrifices and preserving America's core values for the future. They oppose the rise of socialism and the Medicare for All push. And if you're not an AMAC member, you really ought to be. You know, the next election will decide the nation's fate. We will either be true to America's noble past and principles or drift deeper onto the sea of moral relativism. We need to step up and sign up today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. And they have great discounts and benefits as well, ladies and gentlemen. It's all very, very much worth the membership price, which is de minimis. A-M-A-C dot U-S. They're a wonderful sponsor. They've been thoroughly vetted. And you Levinites and patriots out there, I know you're going to appreciate what they offer if you'll check them out. AMAC dot U-S. A-M-A-C dot U.S. Well, just look at what we've covered in only half the show. Let's go to Jack, San Jose, California. Go ahead, Jack. Hello, uh, Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you, sir. All right. Listen, sir, you uh, mentioned that the Israelis don't... Uh, Where are you from, by the way? On, um, San Jose. So, no, I mean originally. Originally, I'm from Iran. Iran. Okay, thank you. You mentioned that you Israelis don't spy on the U.S. because they're our allies. Do you right. remember Jonathan Pollard? Yeah, but after Jonathan Pollard, boy, what was that, 30, 35 years ago? Remember, after Jonathan Pollard, the Israeli government was very embarrassed, and they put this rule in place that they're not going to spy in America, period. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. But do you remember President Trump? Barack Obama spied on the cell phones of uh, a lot of European uh, uh, leaders. So this is spying business is something that has been well settled. Well, this, the, you're not saying anything. We know about the spy business. The Israeli government has been accused today of spying on the Trump administration in and around the White House. The president said, no, I don't believe it. The Israeli government said, we have a rule that we absolutely do not spy in the United States. And the story was by three former Obama officials, none of whom would be named, and none of it was definitive. It was all was likely this and likely that and so forth. Doesn't that make you curious? I appreciate that. First of all, I'm going to cut my call short. Uh, I don't think... uh, All right, I'll help you. Goodbye. I cut it short for him, Mr. Producer. All right, let's continue. Here's the thing. The Israeli intelligence services, the American intelligence services, the British intelligence services. They're the three greatest intelligence services on the face of the earth. And they work very, very, very closely together. Very closely together. That's the truth. The Obama administration politicized our intelligence agencies. You can see Clapper. You can see Brennan. Our National Security Council. Susan Rice. The FBI. Comey. McCabe. Politicized it beyond anything we'd ever seen in modern American history. And you see the consequences. There is solid evidence that the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign. There is no evidence to support the Politico piece 
with its three senior Obama officials, nobody on the record, and nothing more. Period. Nothing more. But I told you, the same people who believe in the Iran deal, the same people who are propagandists for the Iran government, the same people who are propagandists for Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, the code pink Republicans in the media and on Capitol Hill, the Bernie Sanders self-haters in the media and on Capitol Hill, they'll be believers because they want to believe. They want to believe. Emil, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mark Levin app. Did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, Emil, but at least you didn't call me Emily this time. Well, how do you spell Emil? It's with Emil. an E on the end, right? Emil. No, uh, that's the French way. Uh, E-M-I-L, like Emilio, but without. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't yeah, want to call you the French right. way. That would be a, that would be defaming you. Go right ahead. Well, last, last time you called me Emily, so at least we're improving. Well, you transition quickly, so congratulations. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, go right ahead. Hey, uh, real quick, Cato the Elder once said that thieves of private property spend their life in chains. Thieves of public property spend their life in riches and honor. Isn't that and true? What, yeah, that, yeah, go ahead. And that hasn't changed in over 2,000 years. Now, what I believe the way we could change Congress is we have to become the aggressors like we did with the, the Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, and Newt Gingrich with the contract with America. There's a bill called the Constitution Carta. It's a one-page bill that tells Congress to become constitutionalist. And until we stick that in Congress's face... Wait, 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 wait a minute. Congress has to pass a statute to tell them to follow the Constitution? Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it does, but unless we the people... It doesn't make any sense to me. If you're not going to follow the Constitution, why would you follow a statute that tells you to follow the Constitution? You know, Newt Gingrich tried this, Mark, and they kicked and him out. That, that was a contract for America. That was different. They ran on things that they were going to do for the country. I'm saying to you, it's, it, it, it's superfluous. People who are supposed to comply in, good, in, in, in faith with the Constitution are now going to pass a, a statute telling them to do what they already know they're supposed to do? But they don't know what they've got to do because they're brainwashed. As they no, 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 let, no, no, no. You're not following me. The Constitution's in plain English. It's very simple to understand. Article 1 is very simple to understand. Why would you pass a statute telling Congress to follow Article 1? Because they ignore it already. I'm saying, though, they're the very people who are ignoring it. Why are the very people who are ignoring Article 1 going to pass a statute and then all of a sudden say, you know what, we should follow Article 1? Because we're not telling them to. All right, thank you for your call. Mr. Producer, am I making any sense? So why do people keep making the same point four or five times? Congress is going to pass a statute, the same members of Congress who are already sworn to follow the Constitution, are going to pass a statute to remind them to follow the Constitution? I don't understand. That is pointless. That's a waste of time of every American in this country. Now, if you really want to make a difference, you really want to make a difference, join the Article 5 Convention of States movement. Support it in your state if they haven't passed it yet. Or get involved in your local Tea Party. It's still out there, despite what the media say and the Republicans say and all the other hacks inside the Beltway. And it's still vibrant. Anyway. I'm not trying to be 
argumentative. It's just that I can only go so far, you know. Tracy, Anthem, Arizona, Sirius Satellite, how are you? Hi there, Mark. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Thank you very much for everything you've taught me. I'm a, a huge supporter of Israel, and it just makes me crazy that anyone... We have not always in the United States dealt fairly with them. The Brits have not dealt fairly with them. Certainly they're surrounded by people that hate them. And you can't blame them if they are spying on somebody. But, but they're not. I, it's, we don't need to argue in the alternative. They're not. Did you know? I mean, this is very transparent to me. Do you know this guy, Rhodes? Remember this guy, Ben Rhodes? And if you read on Freedom of the Press, his lying and his scheming in order to get this deal done and the press following his every word. Did you know his former boss, Joel Benenson? is working for this guy, Benny Gantz, who's running against Netanyahu. Did you know that? Oh, this is like a story. This is create- a plant in Politico to try and take out Netanyahu, to try and turn Trump against Netanyahu with five days to go in the campaign by these former Obama officials who are working in Israel to defeat Netanyahu. That is what's going on. And Politico is thrilled to help. Excuse me? The Israeli dossier to screw up the election. They're just doing it in a new country. Right. All right. Thank you for your wonderful call. I appreciate it. I want everybody to understand this. That's why you're here. That's why I do what I do. That's why I write what I write. Politico is a mouthpiece for the left and the Washington establishment. That's what it is. It's a breeding ground for phony journalists that go into New York Times, CNN, and elsewhere. This piece in Politico has three former senior officials. What they are is three former senior Obama officials who want to take out Netanyahu. They're trying to settle a score. They hate his guts. They tried to take him out before. He dared to take on Obama. He dared to speak at the House and the Senate. Joint session of Congress on the Iran deal. He's extremely close to President Trump. Now, they want to impeach Trump. They're working on that. But now, five days from now, they want to take out Netanyahu. And by the way, if he loses, they're going to attack Trump, too. So the Obama senior officials, like I said, are trying to create this controversy. They're hoping that Trump will bite the hook. Take the hook. He did not. Now, Ben Rhodes, he's a real reprobate who worked under Susan Rice, who put together this Iran deal and lied to reporters and lied to the American people. It's all spelled out in my book. His former boss, Joel Benenson, is in Israel working for Netanyahu's opponent, whose name is Gantz. So this is utterly transparent. And Politico is happy to help. That's what's going on. Now you know, as the great Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. I'll be right back. Mark Levin.
With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Are you ready, folks? Who's Joel Benenson? Well, most of us don't know. This is how they operate. Joel Benenson was, among other things, Ben Rhodes' boss in the past. Joel Benenson is a top strategist, or was, for the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2016, for the Barack Obama campaign in 2008 and 2012. He's now the top strategist to Benny Gantz and the Blue and White Party that's running against Likud, and Benjamin Netanyahu. Got that? So the Obama the Obama supporters and strategists are trying to take out Netanyahu. Meanwhile, we get this story in Politico, which is an obvious planted story. By the Ben Rhodes team, in my humble opinion. If I'm wrong, Politico can reveal their names. And other senior advisors former senior intelligence officials. Now, when Politico writes something like that, they know exactly what they're doing. These aren't former civil servants or anything like this. These are political hacks who are trying to influence the election in Israel, trying to create tension between our president and their prime minister. Five days before the election in Israel. That's what's taking place here. Marty, what do you want? Marty's one of our doggies. Come here, Marty. Marty thinks I'm yelling at him. No, I'm yelling at the lips. Marty's a conservative dog. We only have conservative dogs here, just so you know. Marty and Barney. Marty breaks through the gate and comes down here because Mommy needs to come get you. You know, few things in life can change your entire outlook on the day. Call from your boss asking you to work the weekend. Early construction right outside your bedroom window on the morning you wanted to sleep in. Now these will ruin your day. Or how about when your check engine light comes on? That usually means thousands of dollars in repairs. That's why I have CarShield. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. 
Don't let your check engine light change your life. Get covered by the ultimate and extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN to save 10%. Marty, you can get CarShield too. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. You know what this means when he makes that noise, Mr. Bedusa? What do you think that means? He has to go out. And during the break, he will, I promise. But this is very, very important, what we've unraveled here today, ladies and gentlemen. The effort by the Obamaites to interfere in the Israeli election, yet again, to take out our ally, the Likud party, and Netanyahu, using, using the pages of, of Politico, using Obamaites. It's pretty outrageous. Marty's furious, too. I don't. Joel Benenson, Google his name. Ben Rhodes, Google his name. Politico is a complete sham. That's what it is. It's a complete sham. All right. Let's take a call here. One second, please. Let's see. Let's go to Mike, Panoma Park, Florida, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. First, thanks for everything you do to educate the public. I really appreciate it. I love your books. Um, I think you actually hit the nail on the head when you said uh, about the fact that the previous administration spied on the Trump administration. I think that's probably where these devices came from. They spied on the Trump campaign. Trump campaign? eh. I think they probably did more. I think that, uh, you know, if if they're willing to go one place with it, they probably were willing to do more. I don't want to speculate who did it or even if it was done because, you know, the Trump uh, officials are not commenting on any of this. This is a story planted by the left, planted by the Democrats, planted by the people who I said in a left-wing, reliable phony news site called Politico. It's intended to have reverberations back in Israel. It's intended to upset our president, who would then take shots at Netanyahu. He's not, he's not, he's not biting the bit, and nobody should. But it should show you the extent to which the Obama people interfere with elections. They interfered with the election before, tried to defeat Netanyahu, and failed. They're trying to interfere with it now. Who knows? They interfered with our election. Spies put in the uh, Trump campaign. I mean, the truth is, the truth is, the Obama administration should be what's being investigated by the House Judiciary Committee, by the Senate Judiciary Committee, by the House Intelligence Committee, and the Senate Intelligence Committee. It is was a vile, diabolical presidency. That's exactly what it was. I'll be right back. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Chief Justice of the United States is gone, ladies and gentlemen. He has moved to the dark side. And we need to learn from this. John Roberts is highly political. He's influenced by the press. 
He gave you Obamacare. He gave you Obamacare because he would not comply with the Constitution of the United States. He changed it at the last minute, as we talked about at the time the decision was released. And we get this 5-4 to four decision. Now, why did he do that? Because he doesn't want to be seen as leading a conservative court. He's very concerned about his press. And they're always concerned about their legacy. Remember the citizenship question on the census? Seemed like a rational thing to do. The president is free to have his Commerce Department and his Commerce Secretary ask a question. It's not controversial whether or not you're a citizen. But of course, the hard left and the media made it controversial. Somehow that became racist. Well, John Roberts reads the media. New York Times, Washington Post, he's affected by it. And now we have a story that further underscores it. And of course, the story is by CNN. Joan Piskupic, legal analyst and Supreme Court biographer. Chief Justice Ron John Roberts cast a deciding vote against President Trump's attempt to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census. But only after changing his position behind the scenes, sources familiar with the private Supreme Court deliberations tell CNN. So he's not only so foolish as to play games on the court like this, but the libs leak on him on the court. Because if it was a conservative leaking, they wouldn't have leaked the CNN legal analyst and Supreme Court biographer Joan Piskupic. The case was fraught with political consequences. Well, what does that have to do with anything? The job of a Supreme Court justice is to follow the Constitution and not to substitute their personal views for that of the President of the United States. Democrats and civil rights advocates claim the query would discourage responses to the decennial questionnaire from new immigrants and minorities and affect the balance of power nationwide. Well, who cares what they declare? Roberts' action recalled his dramatic switch in the 2012 case that saved President Obama's Affordable Care Act. Once again, the chief and appointee of President George W. Bush and a reliable conservative. No, he's not. That's a lie. And we're not talking about conservatism versus liberalism. We're talking about constitutional originalism versus progressive activism. But he sided with the liberals as a dispute of immense national significance went down to the wire. More broadly, his moves in the census dispute demonstrate that as he begins his 15th year as Chief Justice, Roberts has become less predictable. Oh, then he must really be a good justice. You know, let me say this about predictability. A judge or justice's approach to interpreting the Constitution or the law should be very predictable. It should be extremely predictable. You can't be sure of the outcome because two justices may apply the same type of thinking or similar thinking and come up with a different conclusion. That's perfectly fine. But the process that they go through to reach the decision should be utterly transparent and predictable. Anyway, Roberts is wearing the heavy mantle of a vote at the middle of a divided bench. 
in this new chapter of his tenure. Now, this is where they, you know, give him accolades. So he'll keep doing it. This is how the press work. And they know that a lot of these justices, they're clo- these cloistered environments, but they're enormously powerful. There's only nine of them in the whole country. Nine of them. So he's wearing the heavy mantle of a vote at the middle of a divided bench in this new chapter of his tenure with the 2018 retirement of centrist conservative. Look at the way this idiot Joan Biskupic talks. Centrist conservative Justice Anthony Kennedy and a solid five to four conservative majority. The point is Anthony Kennedy was not a constitutionalist. How are you a centrist or a conservative? You look at the Constitution or the underlying laws, statutes, and you apply them. Why is that conservative? That's what you're supposed to do. For the most part, Robert's opinion in the census case laid out why Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross had significant latitude to add a new question. He was joined by his four conservative brethren at that point. And by the way, Kavanaugh's no conservative brethren, quote-unquote, as time will tell. I see it already. But then the Chief Justice swerved, and joined by the four liberal justices, said Ross's justification for the citizenship question tied to enforcing the Voter Rights Act was contrived. You see... You have to become increasingly preposterous in what you say and write in these opinions to do what Roberts is doing. And so he's, he, he says that Wilbur Ross's position on citizenship is contrived. He reads his mind. It's contrived. The President of the United States wants to add the question. It's really not for John Roberts to decide if it's contrived, if it's legitimate, if it's anything else. It's for John Roberts to decide whether there's some constitutional impediment to it. And, of course, there's not. So he sounds stupid. He writes stupidly when he writes like this. After the justices heard all our arguments in late April, Roberts was ready to rule for Ross and the administration. Oh, I see. So early on he didn't think it was contrived. See, he had to come up with a contrivance in order to join the progressive activists on the court. So his contrivance was to call Wilbur Ross's position contrived. But sometime in the weeks that followed, sources said, Roberts began to waver. He began to believe that Ross's rationale for the citizenship question had been invented. And despite the deference he would normally give an executive branch official, Ross's claim had to matter in the court's final judgment, which Roberts announced on June 27. In other words, he had to hang his opinion on something, did Roberts. And this is the contrivance he came up with. And now the leaks to Joan Skubik at CNN to massage Roberts's ego. Robert's action in the case adds a new dimension to the question that has hung over Trump's presidency and is especially at the forefront as the justices begin a new annual session in October. Ready for this? 
Will America's highest court restrain the administration's most controversial policies? There, she just burped out what she's really wanting to happen here. And we got to rely on John Roberts to do it, you see, with his sidekick, Kavanaugh. On the whole, the 64-year-old Roberts has given the Trump administration great leeway. Here's where they create a narrative. A year ago, he accepted its argument and wrote the court's opinion about upholding Trump's travel ban. Travel ban was no different in, in most ways than Obama's. Earlier this year, Roberts voted to allow the administration to ban transgender people from serving in the military. It allowed Trump to use military funds to build a border wall. None of that's controversial from a constitutional perspective. There are no unique, whether people like it or not, there are no unique constitutional rights for transgender people. And there's nothing unique in, in the President of the United States moving money from one account to another. People don't like it, then Congress should act. But presidents have done this all the time. The statutes allow it. Yet on the census, Roberts turned against the administration. Unlike the other branches of government, the Supreme Court is highly secretive, and justices and their staff rarely disclose what they talk about behind closed doors. These developments are reported here for the first time, but much is still unknown about the private deliberations. Do you know the first person to read this article, or one of the first people to read this article, Mr. Producer? Would be John Roberts. I wonder how they treated me. I wonder what they said about me. All in all, it's pretty good. It's fairly celebratory. I get it now. In proposing the ad, the citizenship question of the full census, Wilbur Ross insisted that it was needed because the Justice Department needed citizenship data to enforce the 1965 Voting Rights Act. And it goes on, and then they try to make the case that it's pretextual, and, you know, the Trump administration was being dishonest, and Roberts couldn't stand for that. On the last day of the annual term, Roberts showed his hand, but not without some suspense. First 24 pages of his 29-page census ruling rejected the challenge's arguments based on the Constitution Enumeration Clause. He did the same thing in, uh, in the Obamacare case. He went to the tax clause. He had no idea what the hell he was talking about, but that's what he did. He needed to find refuge somewhere, like a progressive activist court. So the first 24 pages of his 29-page census ruling rejected the challenge's arguments based on the Constitution's Enumeration Clause and the requirements of the Administrative Procedure Act. Roberts says judges should broadly defer to the administration as it devises the census form, provided that justification is truthful. And Roberts will decide that, you see. By the way, the pe- person who keeps emailing me telling me Roberts was blackmail, will you stop emailing me with your goofball conspiracy crap? I know exactly what's going on here. He wasn't blackmailed. To accept Ross's explanation, grounded in the Voting Rights Act, the Chief Justice suggested in the final pages of his opinion, so in the last three or four pages, apparently, would essentially allow administration officials to dupe judges. That's why this decision was so, so stupid. All of us who do this for a living and follow these cases have studied Supreme Court decisions and justices for most of our adult lives and careers, we know exactly what Roberts is doing. 
The four other conservative justices descending on this part of the ruling believed that Furman had wrongly probed Ross's rationale. Justice Clarence Thomas, joined by Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and opinion, expressed suspicions. The motives of those who detailed evidence of pretext against Ross. So I recall Furman was this political consultant, but I could be wrong. So basically, Roberts came up with a fig leaf for himself. Because he does not want to be viewed as a chief justice who will be attacked throughout history after he's gone for his legacy. He knows the media basically, mostly, write the history of the court. But you know what, Mr. Chief Justice? I'm still around. I wrote one of the most widely read, popular, and if I might say important books on the Supreme Court in modern history, called Men in Black. And one of these days I might write another one. And I'll have an entire chapter on you. Your activity and decision in the census case was a disgrace. And it was a disgrace in the Obamacare case. Your ego and your desire for flattery should not trump the Constitution. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Friends of this program on the House Freedom Caucus, don't we, Mr. Producer? Well, they just announced a new chairman of that caucus by the name of Andy Biggs. You've seen him on TV. But most of you don't know a lot about Andy Biggs. I'm sure he's a very nice man. But I'll tell you a little bit about him that I know about him. You know, Arizona the state legislature passed a convention of states resolution. But for a while there, it was bottled up. Even though the, the House in Arizona, Republican-controlled, and the Senate in Arizona, Republican-controlled some years ago, had enough votes to pass the resolution, there was one individual who was blocking it. He was the president of the state Senate in Arizona. His name was Andy Biggs. It's all over TV as Mr. Conservative. Now he's the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. And he'll tell you the problem's not the Constitution. The problem's Washington. The problem's the courts. The problem's this. The problem's that. He's not a constitutionalist. That's the problem. See, Mr. Biggs, we constitutionalists embrace all the Constitution, including Article 5. You might want to reread it. All amendments don't have to come out of Washington, D.C., because most bad ideas come out of Washington, D.C. And George Mason, two days before the end of the convention in Philadelphia, he said, we have to have a way to deal with oppression. Congress is not that way. Congress, at that, if we need a way, it's going to be the problem. So this is typical. You see, the Constitution is not the problem they argue with you. But ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem. The Constitution has been rewritten. It's been amended. There's a standing constitutional convention. It's called the Supreme Court. There's a standing constitutional convention. It's called Congress and the executive branch. 
and they do change the Constitution without going through the laborious amendment process. So those of you who listen to this program, those of you who've read the Liberty Amendments, you understand all this. That Washington is not going to reform itself. That in many respects we're in a post-constitutional period, unmoored from our Constitution. There are people who are invested in this, including so-called conservatives, including so-called originalists on our courts. They want you to believe everything's just fine. So tell me, how does our government have the power to ban plastic straws? Plastic straws, you say, Mark? How does our government have the power to say that carbon dioxide is a pollutant when it's not for the purpose of controlling our economy? How does our government have the power, our power, to do most of what the Democrats are proposing and much of what the Democrats have done in the past? And so this is a true body politic process that the framers gave us from the bottom up. And there are just some people who are either too ignorant to understand it or perfectly happy with whining about big government, whining about the left, whining about open borders, and not doing a damn thing about it. Unfortunately, the Freedom Caucus picked the wrong man to be its chairman. I'll be right back. Love him or hate him or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. What's to hate? Nothing to hate. Cyber thieves... Well, they've upped their game. They've learned how to rip you off without setting foot in your house. It's called home equity theft. Now, you need to make sure this never happens to you. The problem is that home titles are all online where thieves hunt for homes with equity. Then they forge your home's title so it appears you sold your home to them. And they take out loans using your equity without you even knowing about it. They hit so fast, nobody knows about it. And no bank or identity theft program protects you. But Home Title Lock does. If you have a home, please pay attention to this, because for pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a firewall around your home's online title and mortgage. The instant they detect tampering, they shut it down. Your home equity is your retirement. It's probably the bulk of your wealth. It's your emergency fund. Now imagine if it's all gone, and gone fast. Now I'm on a mission to protect my listeners, so I got you 60 risk-free days of protection. That's two months. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, and your address to see if you're already a victim, and get your 60 risk-free free days. It's that simple. HomeTitleLock.com and your address. HomeTitleLock.com HomeTitleLock.com It's a great new sponsor. We're happy to have them. And they're there to help you. Don't forget, I will be on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. You don't need to watch the Tampa Carolina football game. 
You can record it. Nothing great going to happen there. No offense. No offense. And the Democrat debate, it's like Marx debating Engels, debating Lenin, debating Mao, debating Trotsky. Why bother? Why bother? Why waste an hour or an hour and a half of your life in order to get dumber? Seriously. Plus, I have a lot of cool things I'm going to say at 9.30 tonight, Eastern Time, on Fox, my buddy Hannity's show. Robert, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC, go. Robert, Brooklyn, New York, Hello. the great Hello, WABC, Mark. go. Yes. Hello, Mark. Hello, yeah, Robert. Mark, thank you. Thank Robert, you so is that thank you? Th- thanks for taking Robert, my call. Robert, can you hear me? Robert, are you there? I'm there, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, it's a great program you've been doing today, talking about Israel and the, the, hopefully the indictment of Andy McCabe. And impeachment. And what a joke that is. Yeah. One very interesting point that came up is you had a great caller call in the first hour. He was apparently a former chief of police. And he was talking about, you know, to what extent the FBI... Actually, he wasn't a great caller. You don't damn the entire FBI, pretty much. When you say, and then back off from it, when you say, you know, McCabe had to come up through the ranks, and the ranks are a problem, and I have buddies who served in the FBI... And they retired early because of what's going on in the FBI. Uh, how am I supposed to react to that? Say, so, yeah, you know what? The FBI sucks. Thanks for your call. Why was he a great caller? No, it's just that it raises the question, you know, to what extent, you know, the stuff that's going on on the top, to what extent, you know, it shows what's that's going on. That's not raising a question. That's making an unprovable allegation by putting a question mark behind it. You and I have no information whatsoever that the vast majority of the rank and file of the FBI are corrupt or political, do you? Can you point us somewhere? No, I can't. So why bring it up? Why say something like that? Well, Get off the phone, you idiot! And I'm serious. I'm quite serious. If there's specific cases, great. What, what are we doing, Mr. Carlson? We have a bunch of conspiracy nuts calling up with the same two lines? Something's not right. Let me, uh, you know what? Let me tell you what the FBI does for you, having been at the Justice Department at the highest levels. Let me tell you what the FBI does for you. They track down interstate killers. They track down interstate drug cartels. They track down terrorists in this country. They track down um, drug dealers and killers in this country. They help secure our country against the uh, criminals, criminal immigrants, legal and otherwise. The FBI does a lot of great work in this country to protect the people of this country. It makes sure our banking system works. It assists in making sure our financial systems work. They go after these individuals who create these Ponzi schemes in order to try and prevent them. They try and hunt them down. There's a lot of great hard work our FBI agents do. This is sort of a backdoor way of attacking law enforcement, and I'm sick of it. Well, you know, uh, 
got a lot of buddies of mine who are retiring early because of what's going on. Of course there are imperfections in any institution. But they do a great job. And guess what? Their hands are tied all the time, too, by progressive activist judges, by phony civil rights groups. Their hands are tied, too. They put their lives on the line, too. So don't call, you're calling the wrong damn show. You know, that guy had a great point. He had no point. And based on what? Your statements are based on nothing. Zero. You sound like liberals. If there were systemic problems in the FBI at the ground level, where are they? Where are they? Well, we have systemic racism in our just. No, we don't. So you're calling the wrong show. Now, I don't believe the former chief of police was trying to attack all FBI agents. But he came across that way, and I gave him two or three times to correct himself. But this last caller is a nimrod. A goofball. People want to believe certain things. They want to believe certain things. They sit around the dinner table or the breakfast table or the lunch table with their buddies. They convince themselves of certain things. They persuade themselves of certain things. They get emotional. And then they assert them as fact. It's not fact. The FBI is not corrupt. The NYPD is not corrupt. The Baltimore Police Department is not corrupt. Everybody sounds like Eric Holder. So all I'm saying is, think before you speak when you call the show. That's all. Don't be afraid to go, but think about what you're saying and be able to back it up. Not that I have a few buddies and they left her a big but Okay, well, maybe that was a particular unit, a particular office, a particular division. That could certainly be true, but you don't project that onto 20-plus thousand FBI agents who wake up every morning or depending on what part of the day they work, trying to protect the American people. And you see, this is the poison of the Comeys and the McCabes and the Strokes and the Pages and the Bakers and all the rest of them at the FBI. This is the poison. Nobody ever talked about the FBI this way, certainly nobody that called this program. They've done enormous damage to that institution, enormous damage. And it's very unfortunate. And they must be punished for what they did. They must be punished. In my view. Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. You're the man to ask, in your view, um, Justice, when he said Obamacare, if you do it as a tax, but not as a penalty, he put himself into... Um, not adjudicating, but he was arguing the case for one of the parties. A judge is supposed to oversee and adjudicate and rule on the case. A judge is not supposed to side with one of the two parties. Well, you're quite right. And he actually got the tax, excuse me, the tax section of the Constitution utterly wrong. And it's interesting what Scalia said, by the way, his dissent, among other things. The great Justice Scalia, man, do we miss him. He said, we haven't really talked about, thought about 
the tax clause in the Constitution. And you kind of dump it into this opinion. Because Scalia is 100 IQ points ahead of John Roberts. And John Roberts was looking for a way out. Politically. PR-wise. And you know who gave him the way out, Andrew? Who? Brett Kavanaugh. Right. Because Brett Kavanaugh, if you listen to this program before he was nominated, and I encouraged the president not to do it, I did it on this program, and I did it personally when he asked me. Because Brett Kavanaugh wrote the opinion, excuse me, made the argument, the transcript shows during oral argument, invoking the tax clause, which is the very clause Roberts would subsequently embrace. So they not only, Roberts not only conducted himself improperly as a justice, he misapplied the tax clause of the Constitution. Now, you know how I know that, Andrew? Oh. <laughs> because Landmark Legal Foundation, of which I am chairman, not president now, had filed an amicus with the Supreme Court in that case, concerned that one of the progressive activist justices would turn the tax clause of the Constitution on its head. We explained how the various provisions, the various taxes in that clause are inapplicable. So Roberts not only ignored that, he wasn't even the justice we thought who might cling to that as an excuse to uphold Obamacare. Right. That's how we know and I know that he got it wrong. And he did it at the last minute. He changed sides at the last minute, just like he did in the citizenship question on the census case. It, All right, Mike, what is it? Is it? Isn't it illegal for a judge? To no, it's not illegal. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Three little messages. Please go ahead and secure your copy of Unfreedom of the Press at Amazon.com or any bookstore as fast as you can. Four months on the New York Times bestseller list. Four months where they're grinding their teeth down to their nostrils. Thanks to you, Levinites. God bless you. And that's why we're on to them. More and more stories, have you noticed? Where people are exposing the media. It's, it's wonderful. This is what an informed public does, and this is how we'll get our free press back. Secondly, don't forget, I'll be on Hannity tonight in 40 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope whatever you're doing, you'll stop and take a look. 6.30 p.m. for you folks on the West Coast, Pacific Time. And then the third point is our podcast. Let's say you can't hear the show, you actually have something else going on, family matter, whatever, or we're preempted foolishly, or we're tape delayed, or whatever it is. You can always listen to my show on the podcast. Three simple steps, even if you're not really into technology. Go to marklevinshow.com. That's the homepage. That's the radio mothership. MarkLevinShow.com. Click on Audio Rewind. It's the middle of the top of the homepage. Right there. And then it'll take you to the podcast page. And then you just select what platform you want. Then you download it. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, whatever. And then we are with you as long as you want us to be with you and wherever you want us to be with you. We travel with you. Modern technology is amazing. 
We have over 3 million podcast listeners a month. In addition to 8.5 million AM FM listeners. In addition to untold numbers of people listening on our streaming. People listening on Mark Levin app and iHeartRadio app. People listening on satellite radio. The audience is enormous. We do move the needle. We can't ensure victory, but we move the needle. We together. This is the biggest town hall meeting in the evening in the entire nation. That's the way I view it. You know, Nancy Pelosi's secret health care plan is leaked. It's worse than we thought. It's a disaster. She's going to tell you her plan will lower drug prices. You know, remember, like Obamacare, she said, will lower your premiums and your deductibles. The opposite takes place. Now, let me tell you what it really does. If federal bureaucrats decide that a drug costs too much under her plan, the maker of that drug, the company, will be forced to sell the drug at the price the government sets to be retroactively taxed at 75%. It's one or the other of the gross sales of that drug from the previous year. So it's a retroactive 75% tax on a pharmaceutical company. Now, you know what that company is going to do? They're going to go broke. They're going to cut employees. They're not going to invest in future drugs. Because Nancy Pelosi knows, you see. Of course, a 75% assessed tax is a disaster. And who's going to decide? Some bureaucrat. The government can tell private companies what they can charge for their products. Where is that in the Constitution? It's the beginning of the end of the market system a system that has attracted billions of dollars in investments to develop the drugs people depend on to help them live, cutting-edge drugs. The Pelosi plan is a regressive plan. It's a throwback. It's socialized medicine. It'll kill the investments needed to create tomorrow's miracle drugs and hurt our health care system. That is you. I only hope House Republicans are ready to oppose this. For the Republicans, the Pelosi plan better be dead on arrival. Folks, get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Cuba's president warns that energy cutbacks are looming. They have a president called Miguel Diaz-Canel. Energy cutbacks are looming. Here we have a socialist communist paradise, an island nation, an island police state. They're running out of energy. And then, conversely, a capitalist system. Bloomberg. U.S. beats Saudi Arabia to become top oil exporter on shale boom. Did you ever in your life think you would hear that? So what do the Democrat candidates for president want? They want the Cuba style. They want to get rid of fossil fuels. Drilling onshore, offshore. Fracking. Get rid of it. Because they have a better idea. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They used to accuse the oil companies of profiteering. But the price of gasoline is quite low. They used to accuse the oil companies of intentionally reducing supply to drive up the cost. But we have enough supply now to export more oil than Saudi Arabia. They used to claim they wanted energy independence, but the oil companies were standing in the way. No. Now that we have energy independence, they want to destroy it. That's the left. They promote poverty, and yet they claim they promote equality. 
Well, they're not necessarily different, you know. We can all be equal and poor. But don't count on the liberals. Because if you do, you'll starve to death and you'll run out of toilet paper. To me, that's a very uncomfortable thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And the ranking file at the FBI. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, you be well. I'll see you in 30 minutes on Hannity on the Fox News channel. God bless each and every one of you. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.